This is the Trans Talk for Men podcast. A show about trans amory and trans advocacy. Made for trans amorous men by trans amorous men. We provide real, unfiltered advocacy for the trans amorous man. And the women we love. I'm Eric. And I'm Chris. And, and the, the podcast, podcast starts, starts now. now. Starts now. now. Right now. Get ready. It's happening. Okay. <laughs> it's already happening. It's now. <laughs> So Chris, uh, I don't know what's up. What's new? What's what's happening? Man, community is happening out here. Community. How is community COVID-19. happening? COVID nineteen community. Are you having one of those COVID nineteen <laughs> parties? Like everybody's nah, trying to get man. sick. I've been having some really great conversations with a lot of other trans amorous men out there, and um, you know, made some decent connections. And you know, just. Uh, <clears throat> I'm just out here just trying to meet people and network and it's been uh it's been a pretty good experience, you know, even during the COVID nineteen, you know, and all that stuff. So despite the quarantine, it's been pretty good. Is that because nobody has anywhere to go? So they decide <laughs> that they just want to talk with you. They're like, eh, I guess. And they're like, I got nothing better to do but talk with somebody. So I guess Chris will do. I mean, that's I usually how a lot I of guys go. that have a lot maybe they have extra time in their hands and they're just really, you know, searching for answers. And, uh, you know, that leads them to certain Facebook groups and our show, of course, and, you know, even my Instagram account. So it's it's been pretty good. And, um, you know, that while this does feel like a wasted year, you know, this was really supposed to be a year for us to physically get out there and meet people and network. Um, yeah. Still been doing a little bit of that, um, even without that. But I will get out there physically um, next month. I will be in Washington, D.C., yeah. And I will be attending uh, Al Sharpton's March on DC. Uh, cool. I believe it's August 28th. So, got to book a hotel, but I mean, my flight was booked, you know, a while ago. So, wear a mask. I'm not canceling this one. <laughs> I will wear a mask, but you know, um, I read a Forbes uh, article on Forbes today, uh, you know, noting that uh, the protests that, that happened, you know, that we'll probably touch on a little bit later in the show, you know, and didn't really uh, co- contribute to a, to a rise in cases. Cause you know, people you wore look masks. On videos and the pictures, everybody's wearing a fucking mask. Yeah. Because they're not fucking idiots. <laughs> um, but... So it, it's, it's been, but it's been a really good turn, man. I've, I've definitely enjoyed uh, communing with everybody and, and, and meeting people and networking. So just excited for the future, brother. Hey, that's, I mean, I'm I'm all about that. But if I can rewind you a little bit, uh-huh. you said that uh, there are guys with extra time on their hands. Uh, I can think of at least one thing to do when I have extra time on my hands, and that is to put something in my hand for a time. So... We'll just leave it at that. Uh, <laughs> I'm just, I'm just saying. I, I, there, there are oh. ways, there are ways to kill thirty minutes. You know, when you're, when it's you got your playing Grand Theft Auto. Yeah. Yes, that is exactly <laughs> what I was thinking. You got to have a nice firm grip um, on your video you game controllers. On your video game controllers. Yep. Make sure your hands are nice and moist and stuff like oh, that. Treat, you treat the controller with when you're playing with your joystick. You treat it with respect. Oh, man. Um, As far as what's been going on with me lately, nothing. It's been working uh, slowly but surely, gaining more responsibilities in my current job, which is nice but also tedious and uh, sometimes tiresome. In other news, uh, finally pinned down a Switch Lite, so got one of those. Um, 
And now Nat and I can play Switch games. Yay! The ones that require like uh, two so switches. Chop down all our trees on Animal Crossing. Oh, I'm chopping down all the trees. <laughs> Those trees belong to me. No, I mean we live on the same island in Animal Crossing, which is tied to our original Switch. So um, mm. if I wanted to chop down the trees, I have the fucking right to chop. I'm down sorry, those dude. Trees. They got to give us more to do on that game. Like I would be all in on that if you could just do more shit to like grief people. I, I, yeah, you would. Uh, I need to be able to like float somebody out to sea on an iceberg or something. I, I, I burn out on it after a little while and then I come back to it and then I burn out on it. Mm. Um, what, what I like a little bit more than Animal Crossing, and I have nothing wrong with Animal Crossing, but what I like a little bit more than Animal Crossing is like Harvest Moon, something where mm-hmm. I have something to do all the time, like pick my vegetables or take care of my cow or try to bang that chick down the, down the way, um, which is really the goal of Harvest Moon is try to bang I mean, that isn't chick. Isn't this like Farmville before? Like, didn't they invent the model for that the Facebook game Farmville? Oh, I'm sure they did, but I don't and know then, if you can bang anybody in no in Farmville. Farmville I, don't, I don't think so. I never tried it, but yeah, <laughs> I, I, dude, I'm so glad I don't get those requests anymore. Wasn't wasn't there a time where everybody was getting requests on Facebook for like stupid games? All I know is that on <laughs> Facebook, I never had, uh, I, I didn't have Facebook during that time. Okay. So I didn't get any of those requests. So, you know. Um, well, I all the cousins them. I never talked to and, uh, you know, those people sent them to me all the time. Ugh, I, hate the talking to, I hate talking to cousins I never <laughs> talked to. I'm like, nope, not interested. Yep. I'm like, we're not friends. I'll see you at Christmas. Okay, bye. <laughs> see um, you at the family uh, reunion. Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> Where I will eat and drink around you, and that's about it. Um, but anyway, we have a we have a good show today. We have a special to guest today. Uh, a very special guest today. A super special guest today. You guys may know her, and you better know her, and you better love her, and show her some love, and all that stuff. We have the very famous, very popular uh very good at performing is that appropriate i don't know does it matter at performance arts great at yes that's right it's such a, a great actress actor Look, um actress she delivered those lines god damn it i believe it i well okay? i it was like she was looking me in the eyes no matter where <laughs> i was it was uh miss jesse miss jesse dubai it's hey. like she could see through my soul she's smelling my story <laughs> Well, that's that's the thing. The eyes were following me everywhere I go. I went high, oh, no. eyeballs. I went low, eyeballs. I couldn't. I was like, oh my god. So, uh, Jesse, yeah, we're doing. We're yeah, doing. We're a mess. It's yeah, all right now. Well, that's that's an understatement if I've ever heard one. Um, Jesse, thank you so much for joining us. Welcome to Trans Talk for yes. Men. Yes. Um, it's my pleasure. It's her pleasure, guys. You hear that? Um, that? I think that's probably the only time you'll hear an adult actress say it's her pleasure. I mean, but, um, literally, like, yes, for... like a few minutes ago before I jumped online, I was so excited over the weekend that we were going to be doing this podcast. But then something happened that made me almost forget that we were doing the podcast. Oh, I yeah? What was that? Right, I was, like, when you sent me the link that you're like, we're ready for you, Jesse. I'm, like, writing this guy because we were doing a film and i'm like oh crap i lost track of the time you gotta and you're like play. i gotta you're like i gotta go you kicked that guy right out the door oh, hell and no. he was fucking me what? while i was trying to figure out the stuff with the uh um zoom call and all that stuff 
I was trying oh, to whatever. figure it out while he was trying to finish because we had. Well, I'm a professional. I needed to get the pop shot. Once we got the pop shot, <laughs> then I'm like, okay, you gotta get out of here because I got a podcast to do. And then you guys are having <laughs> you like, like, to... <laughs> like uh, technical difficulties. I was telling myself inside my head, damn, I could have buy myself five minutes of more dicking. No, just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> it's all my fault. I, I fucked uh, it. I I agree. I mean, you know she who was, she you was... know who we wanna bl- we should blame. Oh, Who's that? coronavirus. Let's just blame it on coronavirus. And why is coronavirus I'm okay with that. guilty of it? That the, the internet sucks because everyone is at in Rona. their house and they are all connected to the internet at the same time. It makes the internet super slow. So let's blame it on that. Coronavirus. <laughs> I 100% started slow. I well, I, I, I 100% agree on that. I think everything is coronavirus. Well, I see, I would go farther. I would say coronavirus and maybe Trump's. No. Uh, I mean, as much as I don't like the guy, yes, I agree with that. <laughs> it is some of his fault. But also, it's it's all of our faults, too. Like, if you go out and not mm-hmm. wear a mask and you think that you're safe, you should you're guilty that it is spreading if you are staying home because you're afraid of you know contracting coronavirus but then you go and visit your mom your dad your aunt without taking the measurements you are guilty because this is taking Mm -hmm. too long if you're a business owner i understand how hard it is that example my friends that own bars not restaurants with bars but bars they still have to pay for the 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 location they still have to pay for the employees and all that stuff, you know? And I understand that it's hard to pay for it, but if you are opening your establishment without following the proposed measurements, it is your fault that this is, you know, taking longer than it should. It's up to us. It's like, imagine, okay, I'm gonna tell you guys one experience (laughs) that I've never told anyone. So this is like a premiere, okay? Juicy story. Okay, uh-huh. it's not a fun story, but okay. So I've been sexually active since I was. I mean, let's go with you know the legal age. But I was sexually active since very, 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 very young. You know, like let's... something tells me that the legal age is not an accurate exactly. description of what you just said. Let's, but let's, we will move. Let's bring it we will move past years. it. Below the legal age, you know that's how okay. that's how being you know sexually active. <clears throat> While being sexually active, I never once tr- got you know an STD. Never ever, not even herpes. Even one time when I was dating a guy that lied to me about having herpes, even then I was all scared and stuff. But never ever 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 ever, because I've always been taking care of myself and I've always been cautious of you know, STDs, and my dad always told me, if someone has an STD, they're never going to tell you. So you want to be careful, because you never know who has it and who doesn't. With that said, Mm -hmm. I contracted syphilis and chlamydia at the beginning of the year while I was on quarantine. And this is like a shock to me, and it became a shock to me because everyone that I work with, everyone that I've had sex with, they were... You know, they've always been tested. It's like, even when I was an escort, I was like, I always take care of myself, so I never got an STD or anything. So I was a little bit upset that I got it, you know, like, 
at this age, at this time and age of my life, you know. But at the same time, when the doctor told me, yeah, you tested positive for chlamydia and syphilis, I was like, okay, how do we fix this? You know, I was very calm um, because I knew that, you know, you could um, take care of those. But at the same time, I was like, I'm glad I took care of it. I called my friends and instead of being sad, I was like, girl, guess what? I got my first STD, bitch. After 30 years, I got my first STD. So we were making fun of it, you know. But at the same time, it, it was not easy to tell my sex sex partners in the past, my, you know, lover that I, hey, by the way, you need to go get tested. But let me say this, and this is where this okay. conversation is going. While I was under treatment for 14 days, I had offers because uh, COVID, um, like the lockdowns and stuff had barely begun. So I've had offers for thousands of dollars to perform, whether it was for someone in their living room, for me to play with myself and, you know, perform, uh, for me to do a scene, for me to even just um, do a um, performance with another performer that it was willing to pay me, you know, my um, production fee just so I could do a video with mm -hmm. him for his OnlyFans. Somebody that didn't care would have done it but i didn't i mm -hmm. didn't tell people why i just told i just said no and no and no and no and no um and i've known a lot of people for a fact that uh, even though they have an std and they're taking medications they're having sex with other people unprotected because they're on prep and they think that you know they are immune from it this is the same thing that i see with people that they don't want to wear masks. They want to be out and about, but they don't want to take the precautions. It's like, so you will be the kind of person that will go to a gangbang, a orgy house, and not wear a <clears throat> condom, knowing that you could get infected with something, you know? Yeah. So if you don't take care of yourself, for yourself, what do I expect? So when I see restaurants, when I see places that are getting more filled, you know, they're not taking the measurements that, I mean, I'm not saying that six feet apart and wearing a mask is going to save us. Cause for all I know, I can be wearing a mask and be six feet distance from anyone, you know, for the rest of the, the year, you know, and the last day, just the last day that we think everything's over, I end up having sex with someone mm -hmm. that just came out of town. I don't take my precautions and boom, all the time, everything that I did was wasted because I still got, you know, uh, infected with it. But if I could have prevented it, why not? Yes, it is an issue mm -hmm. that, fuck, I got to wear this mask. Fuck, I got to wear this. Fuck, I got to wait in line outside for people to get out so I can go into the store. People says I would do anything for America. Well, soldiers carry a bunch of weapons with them in the desert. Soldiers carry a bunch of armor, like guns and stuff with them that barely lets them breathe. Yet still they do it. And mm -hmm. we cannot wear a fucking mask to protect ourselves. That's what I call selfish. So anyone, regardless of political views, if you do not wear a mask, whether you're a Karen, whether you're for Biden, whether you're for Trump, or whether you're just someone that is sick and doesn't want to wear them, well, you shouldn't be outside, you know? You should be at your house getting things delivered. That way you don't put no one at risk and you don't put people at risk and we can shut this sooner. Have you guys seen that movie, mm -hmm. Quarantine? If you, if you see that movie, it's like, 
no one will believe that would ever happen. People will not do no. that. <laughs> Everything that they're doing in quarantine is what it's being done. People just yeah, life imitates art, right? To go their own fucking way because they don't want not to be told what you know how to stay safe because hey, it's mm -hmm. America. I am free. Follow the Trans Talk for Men podcast on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, and YouTube. We'd love hearing from our fans. You can also reach us at TransTalkForMen at gmail.com. So we really want to kind of know if, if, if it's not too personal, uh, we would love to hear uh, a story about your transition. Like when did you, when did you first know that you were trans? Well, I mean, I knew I was different since I was very, very, very little. Everyone was always, you know, bullying me. I was always the little kid that, you know, um, there's this Mexican singer called Gloria Trevi, which is like the Latin Madonna. So my mm -hmm. parents used to tell me that they knew that I was going to be, you know, gay because I, they didn't think I was going to become a woman. They knew I was going to be gay because I would put like towels on my hair, like, you know, wrap a towel and I would act like it was my mm -hmm. hair and I would flip my hair back and forth and I would come out of the closet literally my mom said you will come out of the closet like dressed in by my clothes and be like look mommy i'm gloria trevi and you will start performing for me and they thought that it was cute because they're like oh she got the dance moves from the grandma and she likes performing because of her mom and stuff but as they started mm -hmm. growing up they realized that oh yeah there's something different it was always like a known secret everybody knew but no one spoke about it it was just like you don't tell us we won't ask mm -hmm. it all happened one day it all came out basically the the pandora box was open when i was 15 years old and i was hanging by this time i had already like dressed up a few times here and there like at least five seven times i was around 15 16 15 um, closer to 15 rather than like 15 and a half. And I was hanging out with a f with friends um, and I was using their clothing and like their makeup to get ready and go to the park. You know, like I used to see my friends go to the park and like hang out with guys and just like, you know, meet, mingle with people. Just like you do, like there's this park that it, everybody goes cruising like on cars. So all the girls would just be like stupid sitting in the park by the benches while guys with like cute cars would be like hey what's your name you know i thought that was nice now that i'm a grown-up i'm like Ugh, i can't believe i was degrading myself <laughs> that much but back in the day i was like oh i want i want guys to look at me that way so i, I will start getting dressed up yeah. when my dad saw me coming from the park i apparently he came to like say goodbye to me at my friend's house and i wasn't there so he starts driving away towards you know whatever he was going to in the in the um in the drive he stumbles upon me on the street coming to my friend's house dressed up and stuff all i can hear is my friends telling me your dad your dad so i remember we all kind of like cockroaches you know like we all took each side like one went to the left the other one ran to the right and i ended up like hiding behind bushes because my dad was looking for me my dad ended up finding mm -hmm. me and the moment he sees me the first thing he says is i told you so and the next thing i remember is being slapped like the hardest slap you could ever feel but at that moment i didn't felt it because like my blood had dropped to my knees like to my feet because like 
Just imagine mm -hmm. seeing my dad. And by the way, this is a plot twist. My dad's gay. And he was in the car with his gay friends going to a gay nightclub when he saw me dressed up as a woman. Oh. And this, he decided to beat me up. How twisted is that, right? I was so mad yeah. about yeah. that because I'm like, you're in this world. Instead of you being an ally and helping me, you're trying to push me back into the closet. So that day when mm -hmm. I, we got back home, He wrapped me in the sheet. I mean, after beating me up in the way back there, because, like, mm. I remember he pushed me inside the car. My head was still, as I'm, like, on my knees on the car, he pushes my head backwards, and all I can fear is just the punches on my face, just one after mm. the other after the other, until I hear his friends telling him, Alfonso, stop. Don't hit your son. So I said, mm -hmm. and I'm just like looking out the window thinking what I'm going to do because I was going to run away from home that night as soon as he left. Mm -hmm. So when he got home, he didn't finish beating me up. He got home and he kept beating me up with the radio cable, you know, the cable that it was in the mm -hmm. radio in the on, on top of the kitchen sink. And he started yeah. just beating yeah. me up in the legs. And I remember it, I got I got so tired that I hold because I was so scared of him. You never beat up a dad. You never, you know, like as a Hispanic, you never lift your hand to a parent. Like they can beat you up. They can kill mm -hmm. you if they want because they give you your life. But you can never hit them back. That was always my fear. So it got to the point that I hold the cable and I rip it from him. And I told him, no more. You're not gonna abuse me. You're not gonna hit me. No more. So then he slaps mm. me so hard that like he split my lip and I started bleeding. Jeez, I just Jesus. literally looked at him and that's like I think the time when I lost respect for my dad. You know, like I understand he was afraid that no I could, kidding. you know, enter into a dangerous world that I could be like, you know, because he was always he always told me he was afraid that I will get AIDS or that I will get raped or that I will end up, you know, prostituting myself in the street and look like he was always afraid for me. Now I understand why he did all he did because he was afraid of me. But that was not how you do it, you know. So when he left, mm -hmm. I just packed my stuff and I just left through the window. I just walked away. And yeah. Never looked back. I started well, living from friend to friend to friend to friend for like a year until he caught up to me. He's like, I'm sorry. I want to apologize. And I told him, if I'm going to live like this, you got to accept me. So little by little, he started understanding and he started supporting me. Then he started helping me doing uh, performances at different nightclubs and giving me advice. If, you know, if a guy comes to me and he's flirting with me, always remember that guys want something and you need to be cautious. And if a guy is willing to leave a woman that is going to have a child, what do I expect that I can have kids? So he always start, he kind of like on his own way, started kind of like preparing me for the world until I was 16 that I was like, I'm going to become a full woman. So what? What? Where was your so mom? What, what, where was your mom? In my all mom. Of this? My parents got divorced when I was. My parents got divorced when I was about seven, seven years old. So is this, is this because your no, dad no, no, is gay? No, no, they just got divorced. My parents were not a good team together. They were always like at mm -hmm. each other's throats. So it was better mm -hmm. that they separated. Um. My mom got tired of, like, my dad's abuse. Or not my dad's abuse, but, you know, just, you know, 
marriage and stuff. It was just one thing led to the other, misunderstanding that suddenly my mom goes like, I ain't gonna put up with this anymore. I'm going away. I guess she got to her limit just like I did that day. No more. Like, I don't care what mm -hmm. happens anymore. If I die or whatever, anything is better than what I'm, you know, experiencing and living right now. So when my parents divorced, and that night, I remember my father called my mom when he saw me dressed up. He called my mom, and my mom goes like, so, is there something you have to tell me? And I'm like, well, my dad already told you. My mom goes like, yeah, mija, but I want to hear it from you. I don't care what your dad says. What do you have to tell me? Oh, my God, I feel like I'm almost crying. And I remember just telling her, like, my dad already told you. And then she said, is this what you want to do? Is this how you want to be? And then I said, yes. And then I said, my dad thinks that if I become a woman, I'm going to be a clown. And uh, that I'm going to fall into prostitution and I'm going to get killed and abused. But I think it's selfish of him that now that he's in that world, I can be part of it, you know. And my mom just stayed in the phone with me and she's like, mm -hmm. she's doing it for your good. Just be careful. Just remember. And he just said the same thing. Just remember that, you know, when you start going after guys, if a girl can hold a guy, you know, having two holes and having tits and being able to give birth to a child, what do you expect, baby? <laughs> it was Whoa. those this words. Sounds... That... Wow. Yeah. You know, like. But I understand it because it put it in my mind as in, like, that's truth. Like, there's nothing I can do other than, like, you know, be myself. So if this is what I'm going to get, like, might as well just be myself. And I started well, just, mm -hmm. you know, living my life. Because at this moment, my dad was not supporting me. I was literally just jumping from house to house. Everywhere I went, I always paid my weight. I was never, like you know, expecting for handouts. I was always, like, working here and there, working at a McDonald's. I worked uh, for freaking King Supers, McDonald's, Burger King, you name it, you know, just in order so I can provide a little bit money so I could provide whichever house I was staying. It was when I mm -hmm. turned 18, 19, that I was already, like, full, I guess, transition. I, w I didn't... Um, mm -hmm were make i didn't went out other than like as a girl i started working at a bar um around 17. i started working at a bar as a, an adult because i had a fake id so the owner let me work there mm -hmm. as a waitress and i was there for three years and what i mean as a waitress was that i will be cleaning tables and stuff but if a client will get in the come in the bar and he was like hey you should come and take a beer with me I will charge for that beer. Like, I will pay $3 at the bar and I will go and sit with the guy and charge $10 for the beer if I wanted. The rest was for the bar. Like, $4 were, $3 were for the bar and the rest was for me. Now, if you did shots, it was a different. And if mm -hmm. you did, like, watered down margaritas, like, let's say you buy me a margarita, it was $12 where the bar gets to keep three and I get to keep the rest of the money. So that's basically how I made a lot of my money. And... I didn't got too drunk until I realized that guys started wanting to buy me beer and that would make me like more profitable. 
then I started like kind of like getting the hang of it like okay I can make money like this that got me into very um big problem of alcoholism not to the point of like you know I'm so wasted all the time but it got to the problem time of like I started looking older I was 17 years old and I looked like I was 25 because of all the alcohol that I was consuming mm. working at a bar well, you know, it was body. hard, but at the same time, I was like, I I need to pay money, I need to pay for my boobs, I need to pay for my surgery, and I figured, well, it doesn't matter if I get old, young, younger, you know, I'll have money later to like, you know, do surgeries and do this and do that. So then I met my, and that back then my name was Valerie. So then I met Jessica, mm -hmm. the girl that I named myself Jesse after. She's the one that got me into escorting. She told me that she brought me with a guy, one of the most wealthiest guy, which I can say his name, which is one of the best friends of um, John Elway here in Colorado. So, and I was at that mm -hmm. moment, I was still 17 when he hired me. So, yeah, but uh, in all fairness, he thought I was 22 because I showed him a fake ID. I mean, I had sex with a lot of older people when I was a minor, but they were i guess i can mm -hmm. say they were innocent because they didn't know i was a minor i always even provided them with a fake id you know so it was my mm -hmm. fault it was not theirs um they were so just it like they were so it wasn't like they were going no they were minor. just they just wanted they to because just... it was not even an escort thing it was just like my friend introduced me to a guy that she hangs out with sometimes and he's married and sometimes he mm -hmm. plays with other girls like us like i felt like at that moment i thought that that's all we were meant for just be the mistress just be the toys that guys play with when they're tired of their wives mm -hmm. or when they're tired of you know all the girls they pick up at the club and they want something different that's what we're you know called for that's what we're made mm -hmm. for i guess type of thing that was my thought my thoughts and feelings of course again i was 17 years old so when she brings me to this guy, I didn't have sex with him or anything. I never had sex with him. He loves hanging out, listening to Elvis music. He likes to have you sit on his lap, just tells you about his stories, how he makes money. Um, but he just likes company. And that's one thing that I love about my escorting job. Yes, some people come for the sex because, I mean... That's what people hire us an escort for. And I'm not ashamed to say, yes, I've been hired for it sometimes in the past when before I became a porn star. But now that people knows my character, knows me as a person, um, knows the abilities that I have beyond, you know, I guess, you know, spiritual abilities that I have, people come to me more as like, Mm -hmm. advice look seeking advice or seeking you know answers to their questions or just company like i have so many clients i guess if you want to call it that they still call me to, um to tell me happy birthday on my birthday i still call them to you know say congratulations you know you know happy anniversary because i was part of their wedding at one point so i have all these amazing experiences Aside from me getting paid to perform, you know, acts uh, in exchange for money, I have amazing um, fans that they were clients at one point and now they are 
fans, I guess I, I want to call them fans, that they'll still send me money here and there, but in exchange for nothing other than conversation over the phone and how is their kid's birthday going on, how is my life going on, you know, those connections, pure, pure mm-hmm. connections. That's what I like about it, pure connections, because in this industry, you meet a lot of rich filthy rich people but also very lonely people and a lot of girls they go mm. only after the money because they think that you know money is gonna last forever a half a million a million dollars is gonna you know last for forever for them if they you know invest it but the girls that end up getting that money they end up getting sick mm-hmm. they end up spending the money that they were supposed to invest on purses on jewelry on shoes and when they're sick no one's there to be like hey yeah. did you took your pill I didn't want it to be like, I didn't want it to be in that. I don't want to be in that, you know, anytime soon. So I rejected it. Doesn't matter. I know my value and I know how much I'm worth. And half a million, a million dollars for my health Mm -hmm. is not. I can make that in a year, in half a year and still be healthy and alive. So... The connections that I made with my family. Well, it's it's good to it's good to know yourself. Well, yeah. Worth. I mean, if you don't I mean, know yourself worth, then you're gonna return into a Republican, kissing Trump's ass left and right. <laughs> <laughs> Just for a couple of. Well, I did the turn that took. I, I did not see that one coming. <laughs> we brought it right back around. <laughs> well, I, I, like I mean, it. one goes with the People other. You gotta know yourself respect. Because don't get me wrong, there was yeah. times that I mean. I'm not going to say there was times that I sucked a dick for $25. Not that cheap, but, you know, you know where I'm going with this. There's times that I didn't value myself, yeah, but I, I was young and mm-hmm. stupid. Now I value myself. I value my my health. I value my every single wrinkle and stretch mark and spot that I have on my body. I value it because they were there, you know, due, due to a process of aging, which means I'm just getting wiser, you know. And I and I really, really like that. I really mm-hmm. like the person that I'm becoming now that mm-hmm. you know I look back at my how I transitioned and how I became who I am. And then I see all these little girls. Like I'm not gonna go too far, but like Cece Santini, I love that girl. But I mean, in such a short little bit of time that she's been in the industry, she's wanting to like swallow the whole world. And now it's like untouchable. Like you can't touch her. Like don't say anything bad about her. You know. I get it, but uh, what is the fun in that where you want to do everything in the world in one year? I'd rather work for it. That's why there's, you know, like, I don't have as many surgeries on my face as other girls do. I don't have that much work on my body as other girls do. I just keep it natural. Mm -hmm. This is how I think a woman looks, curvy, feminine features. I don't think a woman, you know, a true woman has huge, plumped, you know, uh, how do they say um, doll lips they don't have like this like um, huge long hair and all these things that people go crazy for I just want to be a natural beautiful woman mm-hmm. that men will lust after and fantasize about mm. <laughs> without getting you know like conceited oh I'm the shit no, no, that, no. That's, a really good, no, no that, that's a really good, you know, really good segue into, you know, something else we wanted to talk about. We really wanted to talk a little bit more about your career as an adult film star. 
Like you've been doing this for a while. How long have you been? An I adult want to film say star? about eight years total. Eight years, nine years. Okay. <laughs> yeah, cool. it seems like really? long ago. Well, all the major sites. <clears throat> I've been in the industry since I was eighteen because I was doing webcaming, and I was doing like things here and there. But the mm -hmm. first time that I did a shoot was for King. It was actually after. It was actually my car accident, the, the one where I almost died. I get the call. Was it where you yes. had a car accident? Yes. So like check that. this out. When I got into the industry, I was. 18, 19, when I sent my application. I was mm -hmm. a little bit overweight. I didn't have boobs yet. So I wanted to work in, I was already working as an escort. And I was only one of, few, one of the few passable girls here in Colorado. But there was all, all these other girls like okay. using Madonna's pictures and Beyonce's pictures without the head. And claiming it was them. Like, really, bitch? Like, I don't have that CD on my case. Like... <laughs> So, but I was like, they're taking all my money. So I decided to build like a, um, what was it back then? It was not, in MySpace, not Facebook. It was MySpace. So I built a MySpace yeah, at that time. Wow. It was um, Valerie Hunter. That was my name. Valerie Hunter. That was the, the name, the stage name that I used to use. <laughs> so I started using my pictures. Someone told me, why don't you build a on, you know, a uh, pay site. I was like, no, no, no. This is just for advertisement. I don't ever see. I don't ever see myself doing porn. And this comes from me, my dad telling me never to do porn because you know, as he's gay, as I told you before, there's this arcades. You know, like mm -hmm. romantics, pleasures. That it's like a porn shop in the front, but there's like this little back door that you walk in, and there's like uh, glory holes and like a theater where guys jerk off. And I'm sure you guys know of this stuff. So, my dad used to go there to like. You know what? A lot of people out there listening don't. No. Really? Okay. So okay. Really? Okay. So there is. I don't know even different city. That's true because this is a lot. I see a lot this in Colorado. So you know, there's it's called arcades. The arcade is basically a pawn shop dildos and toys in the front but then you can buy a ticket to see the arcade where basically there's like it's it's like a little maze like a like you know like uh haunted houses you know it's like a little maze that has different yeah. little rooms you can fit one person or two people if you come into couples some of them are also just open for people to see so you can go there and preview preview some of the videos that are being advertised and some of the products so basically you can use the product at the store you just have to pay a ticket and a lot of guys will you you know go there to get their you know pp sucked through a little you know uh hole and stuff yes exactly so my dad used to go used to go to those and he has friends that that he was like cleaning you know helping clean and you know keep everything nighty and tidy so he will tell me not to do porn because later i'm gonna be like in the stands like you know porn shops for like years and years to come and all i got out of the deal was like lousy five thousand dollars and the companies were just going to make money off of me for years and years to come and you know what is the family gonna think and mm -hmm. you know all this you know puritan stuff when I'm just like looking at him with like my eyes sideways, like, mm -hmm, yeah, right, bitch. Mm -hmm. so, <laughs> but at the same time, as he's telling me, don't do porn, then he's like, so back, 
when you're at the bar, if you want a guy to give you money, just be like, don't be like, hey, this is how much for this. No, just be like, well, I have to pay rent and oh, my phone too. Oh, and I also have to send money to my mother in Mexico. So he was showing me how to work the guys. So it's like, you're telling me not to do porn, but you're also telling me how to work the johns on my business. I'm like... I like you, Dad. I like this, Dad. Now that now that you understand me, and instead of bashing me down, you're like, okay, you got in this world. This is a tough world, so I'm going to give you tough answers. This is when you. It, he will always say, when someone says they want you, never say no. Always say yes. Just never say when. Just say next week or next month, and just. Go on like that, but in the meantime, be like, oh, we'll play next week. But, I mean, I do have to pay rent tomorrow. I mean, if there's anything you could help me with. I would never. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, that was like giving me those tips. That seems like a, da- a, lot of friends... exactly. like a dangerous game to me. I could never play that. I was always the kind of girl that I was like, you want to fuck? Okay, I want my phone paid. And let's fuck right now. Easy as that. Easy transaction. No okay. feelings involved. No wasting time. Just you go, you insert your uh-huh. dick here, swipe your credit card here. Easy and simple. <laughs> so anyway. I hope you don't yeah. insert your dick and swipe the credit card Yeah, I finally, I was. But... I mean, later, maybe you never know if they start making robots with vaginas. You can swipe your credit card and... Ugh, yeah, no thanks for that. Dick. I'll pass on that robot. Oh, man. Come on. So, 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 you've, been, so you've been in the industry for, for some time, and um, you got started. You said you got started with Kink, and then what, what happened from there? Like, how did you, how did you become Jesse Dubai? How did you become the star that all the guys know? That if I were to take... If I were to drop this podcast, if we were to drop this podcast in any message board forum, hangout site for other trans amorous men, they would immediately know who you are. I'm curious as to how, how did you rise to that stardom? How did it, how did you claw your way to the top, really? And what, what happened along the way with your getting up there to the top? I've, this is going to sound like a beauty passion question but i'm gonna keep it short i've always said that uh i've always I said that all things people that are will equal. open someone's path is always being humble two having a big smile yeah. and three having the drive to actually Go for your dreams. Go for what you want. If I, if it's a house you want, go for it. If it's a business you want, go for it. If you want to be a well-known actress, go for it. I never wanted to do porn. That's the thing. I never wanted it. But because of be, the, the, the restrictions of being passable, not being passable, of having, getting a job or getting fired because I'm transsexual, and with the laws that they were not helping, you know, being on my side at that moment, I was pushed to do porn. Why? Because since I was already in the adult industry, I started applying for companies. Once I get finally, after two years, um, uh, I get a call back from King that they want to work with me. Uh, I had a very bad car accident where I almost died. Like literally, I should have. I should not even be here if it wasn't because of you know, I don't know, a miracle. 
that I was going to get married and I was going to, you know, quit escorting, quit webcaming, quit everything and just get married. But I had my, a dream that it was like, no, this is your path. This is what you need to do. And whatever you do, whether you reject, whether you, re, um, you know, um, take it back or whether you're happy for it it is something that you did rather than like marriage that i was just going to be his shadow you know I, I felt like that so once i decided to go for a kink i was like okay so i want to be an actress i want to be a performer i don't want to be known for sex but how do i get myself up there now kink has called me i was very nervous i got a kink being on kink studios is like being at you know the price is right being at you know ellen show it's like a very nice big it was a very nice big production so i felt like oh my god i'm a star and i really also like the treatment of like how people treated me and how i was the star for a little bit you know yes i'm not gonna say i didn't thought i was the diva just like some of these girls that are coming out now but i had really good friends that they kind of like pulled my ears down and they're like bitch get your shit together because you get more when you're nice to people and you show your true self rather than you acting like you're all tough because you're all this dominatrix this uh, thing that you want to portray i mean i think jesse dubai should be your true self just with the alternative persona something that you can you know you can, you're able to differentiate yourself then work that's how jesse dubai was created so i focused myself on always being nice to everyone that wanted to work with me i was always willing to work with them until they um stab my back or until they've you know turned their back on me once they turned their back on me i was like okay i will never talk bad about you but bitch i don't like you period just like that, you know. Um, every company that I work with always talk good yeah. about them. And if there was something that I didn't like, talk with honesty, not with hate. There's companies that they have messed up for one reason or another with me. But when I speak about it, I'm not like, and that company sucks because of this. No, it's always like, this company did this. And in my point of view, it's not acceptable. Maybe for someone else it is, but for me it's not Regardless, I will still work with them if we promise not to encounter this issue again. Whether it's a performer, whether it's a director, whether it's because I don't, I'm not comfortable with the scene and they're forcing me to it. Whatever it is, always just express my point, why I didn't like it or what the problem is. But never trash a company that at one point believed in me that at one point wanted to work with me because mm -hmm. sooner or later we work based on fan base their fans i believe that the companies love me not because of the producers or because whoever owns the company but because the fans ask me to shoot for those companies again the reason i shoot for companies now is because my fans ask me because of the quality that they productions that they have or because of the performers that they like to put together or the stories but if i didn't want it to i shouldn't i don't need to work for kink or trans angel or trans erotica or you know ts seduction none of those but i love it because i love working with all these companies that have their shit together i learn a lot that's another thing learn 
every girl that mm-hmm. is out there that is listening to this podcast if you girls listen learn learn as much as you can be like me now i'm directing i'm producing i am editing my own content i am writing my own stories i am basically micromanaging everything if beyonce if rihanna if jennifer lopez can direct act and be their own performer on stage why can we do it so that's my goal that's always been my goal that's way how i became so popular that i started working with every single company i let them know that i was here now that they know that i exist now come to me I will shoot for companies that they want me to shoot with certain performers, but if there's something that I specifically want to show, if there's a story, let's say I tell you the story of how I lost my virginity, and then I tell you I'm actually going to make a video about mm-hmm. it, a recreation. You know how they do those, you know, um, um, mystery um, shows that they recreate. Oh, yeah, yeah. That's basically oh, yeah, well. Yeah. I hate those so recreations. <laughs> they are they're cheesy. S- they're but so cheesy. If you Murder porn. To it. That makes it fun. Would be the most Je- watched style of porn out there. Well, I would say Jesse. I don't think you know me very well because I jerk uh, off to just about anything <laughs> I can. So I'm just oh, like, no. <laughs> I'm kidding, I'm kidding. Um, maybe a little bit. That's maybe the point. Not. It's you gotta to jerk say, off but, to uh, everything. That's how you yeah, find those... out what you like. I didn't <laughs> thought I was into pussy until I ate one. Then I was like, oh, I still like being a woman, but I like it in pussy. Oh, see, it's funny because yeah, that's what that do. It was the okay. it, it, that's funny because it was almost the opposite really? for me. So I'm not, I'm not into pussy. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not into pussy. I like pussy. When it's into a, and it's a guy. No, when it's he, a trans guy, I love eating that pussy. When it's a girl, I need to have a guy present. The girl, it's like a, oh, we can share here and there. Mm-hmm. But I will not. I don't. I don't see myself going to the club and being like, oh, I'm gonna pick up myself a girl. It's like, I'm gonna pick up myself a guy. If he has a pussy or a dick, I'm okay with it. I'm gonna go pick up a guy, and if he has a girlfriend and wants to bring her, I'm done with it. And if it turns out, because I've had girls that they're like, you know, wanting to play with me at the club and stuff. And I'm like, no, girl. Uh-uh, uh-uh. Like, mm-hmm. I want to take you shopping. I want us to go have yeah, tea or something. No, I don't. Like, Fuck you. Now, if you bring your boyfriend, yeah, that's a different story. Yeah, no, I don't. I don't do pussy. I just, no, I haven't done. I haven't done pussy in eight years. I don't know. Since we, since you started, it was pretty much coincided when when you started with porn. Let's let's put it that way. So you keep track. Um, that's how you keep track. <laughs> you. That's 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 right. It, you weren't you weren't the reason. I'm not saying you could have been the reason, but I'm not. I'm good. But I'm not that good. <laughs> oh, hey, hey, I, I, I had started my journey into being transamorous at like 15 or something like that. And it wasn't until I was about 21, 22 that I actually took the dive. But that's a different, that's a different story altogether. That's a me story. And I'm sure the guys have heard it and they're probably like, I don't care. Um, so back, uh, back to you, Jesse. Um, so you... You write, you produce, you direct, you do the things. Now you have the freedom to do the things yes. that that you want to do. You know what was one do. of my fears? Um, this is one thing and... very personal. 
I What's that? there was a time I came to United States okay. because of my pe- my dad brought me with a student visa so I could study. But when I ran out mm. of home, I had to quit school. So for two years, I guess I can say I can be I became illegal because I broke the only reason that I was supposed to be in the states for. So that put a very impact on I guess my record. Mm-hmm. So once I once you know DACA. Um, started that helped me get my work permit that helped me get my status as in like i'm legal to be here i i'm i'm eligible to work here so that's when i decided to start actually doing porn and working because i was like this is a way of me of actually working and making a profit and paying my taxes and especially showing that i'm a good citizen that i want to provide for this country you know but in the process you know those that year got me kind of like mm-hmm. in those years kind of like made me feel on limbo that made me like work so hard that now that I'm in this industry and I'm able to, you know, pay my taxes and do my duties and keep my, you know, like, I guess my status clean as possible gives me this freedom of feeling like mm-hmm. back in the day, I was always afraid that if I was deported, what am I going to do? Like, how am I going to make money? Like if I get discriminated here in United States, what do I expect in Mexico? I used to have nightmares of, you know, just being deported and it, it, it was just horrible. So when I got my work permit and I was able to work and now I'm, I am Jesse Dubai, literally I said, I'm like, bitch, I can get deported right now. And I, the only thing that is stopping me from traveling all around the world is United States. It's that I, if I leave, Mm-hmm. I cannot come back as easy because of the restrictions that I have based on my work permit. So if I were to ha- get uh, my oh, full citizenship, which I am in the process, thank you, baby Jesus, fingers crossed, um, that is already the paperwork and everything is going on. Once I get my visa, darling, the world is my oyster because I will be all over the country. And that doesn't fear, that doesn't give me any fear no more, knowing that... Because I am who I am. I don't depend on a, on a business. I don't depend on a car. I don't depend on, an, on a specific name. I depend on me. It's me. So if I die, my name still is going to make money for years to come. So I have no worries about it. The only worry that I have right now is, fuck, I don't have enough time in the day to finish editing this video before I start getting ready for my next one. Especially thanks to all the fans all over the world. Totally understand that sentiment. I'm always working. Yeah, so, um... Look, you're talking about the directing your videos and, you know, having creative control over your videos. Um, you know, one of the things that you do a lot more than some of the other actors is you appear a lot in story-driven content. From Transsensual to Transangels, you run a lot of those stories. Which one, have you, have you, have you? Have you created any of those stories that you were in? No, the creative you, like, control, creative control that I get when I do those is that most of the time those you can change the script because of the puns or because of the cheesy words mm-hmm. that we need to say. Um, but if it comes, the freedom that I have is that let's say the scene requires for me to be, you know, in a certain, you know, attitude or in a certain mood. 
but I feel, and I tell the producer, like, I don't feel like Jesse Dubai will, because they're portraying Jesse Dubai. When it's a character, when they're like, she's playing Susan, the waitress, she's playing Martin, whatever, it's fine. But when they're like, mm -hmm. Jesse Dubai, you are using my image. It's not a made up character. You're, made, you're using my image, my character, Jesse Dubai, to perform this. And Jesse mm -hmm. Dubai, does not do that. She would never say something like that. She would say something more like, you know, in this type of lines, you know, with her sassiness, with her... She's not going to be that proper of English. She's going to be more of, like, slang. She's going to be more of me, what you're hearing now. So I get to change that on the story if, it, mm -hmm. if, if mm -hmm. there's not a pawn that needs to be part of it. Um, the positions. Oh. Sometimes I don't want to do anal or I don't want to do a certain position where the um, producer lets me be like, okay, let's compromise. You don't want to do this one? What can you do now? <laughs> well, it's nice you have the power to really dictate the terms in that way. And, um, you know, with your, your characters, you typically are, for, for a lot of the, the stuff that you do, you're, you're cast as the wife or the mom, I think you're like the, the, uh, the mom or the fiance or like, it's always one of those roles yes. where you're playing opposite another man. They always, um, always, the if you notice, they, it doesn't matter if they're female, they always put me in dominant roles. Even when I was a librarian, I was a dominant mm -hmm. librarian. Like, I was, you know, strict and yeah, stuff. You, like, <laughs> you know which was my favorite? <laughs> But I mean, do you like that though? Do you like being in the dominant roles? Like, let me tell you this: want, like, more when you watch or, a like, horror okay. story, or when you watch a hero and villain story, who yep. do you remember the most? The villain or the hero that we knew he was gonna be a hero? Villain is the best. I remember more of the villain. Uh, yeah, I, you know, you can't have a story without the villain. Yeah, yeah. So when it comes to storytelling, was the villain. When it comes to performing someone that I'm not, I love, love, love playing the villain. Because it, it gets me out of my comfort zone. And I'm not very mm -hmm. dominant in my personal life. But being able to do it on, on, on performance, especially like kink, that they do a lot of uh, rope tying and bondage and stuff. I know some of it because I've also doing like this is what I mean. Learn when I started in the adult industry, I also start, especially in kink, I started going to um, seminars and classes of bondage and stuff because I was like, my fans are asking me to do it, but I want to do it properly. I don't want to look like an idiot that don't know how to freaking tie a knot or I don't want to hurt someone in the process. I want to make sure that I'm doing it correctly. So I learned my craft. I, I liked it. I don't perform it mm. as much because it doesn't, I don't feel it natural to me. I have to be very, very prepared for me to actually be like, mm -hmm. get on your fucking knees, you fucking filthy whore. I will fuck your face into your fucking gagging with my dick dip down your throat. You know, it's like, it takes a little bit for me to get no. there. It doesn't yeah. seem genuine. Yeah, yeah, you don't. You don't strike me as that kind of person naturally. You strike me as a much more laid back, easygoing. I'm like so a John Collins of porn. Demanding. If John Collins were to do porn, you strike me as <laughs> her English and her proper and her sassiness. <laughs> That's the kind of actress and the kind of person that I am. I'm always giving like 
you know, little hints here and there when okay. I'm, you know, mad or something, but it's never like dominant as like, you know, um, Jasmine Lee, she's a wonderful dominatrix. It's just a wonderful performer as a dumb top, like oh, amazing. <laughs> well, um, we we want to. I do want to. <laughs> well, um, we we want to. I do want to ask you because uh, that that sort of to me that leads into. Um, I want to talk about dating and relationship advice and advice you can give to trans amorous men. But before we do that, while we're still on the industry, um, I know Chris is dying to ask you a very important question that he he really really just he needs this from you. So Chris. Uh, I don't know what question that is, bro. I got a question. It's something. It's something. About, it's something about some tea. I'll tell you that much. Oh, uh, not that one right now. Oh, you're not. You're not ready for that one. No, what I really want. I'm sorry. Man. It's on. It's, it's on the menu. Okay, all right. As long as it's on the menu. <laughs> it's on the menu. But real talk, I really. Here's here's something. Like you are a woman of color, and I really want to know how that has. If that's had any effect at all on your career, as being an adult film star, like how has that affected your career? Like how does that affect your ascension to who you are now? Well, I'm sure that you know as well as for me and as you know for other people of color, it's like it's it's something that we have dealt with all of our lives. So we just I didn't notice it. Or I guess I didn't acknowledge it because I was getting, when I started in the industry, I was getting all this recognition. Of course, that was the new thing, regardless whether, whether I was Hispanic or whether I was white or um, Peruvian or Venezuelan, you know. I was the new thing. But you can be the new thing and nobody put attention to you or you can have talent and everybody's eyes are on you. So I had the talent. I made sure that the eyes were mm -hmm. on me. Um, in camera and off camera, making sure that I was, you know, always at meet and greets and always m mingling and, you know, rubbing elbows with important people in the adult industry, not to leech off of them as in like, oh, look who I'm hanging out with, but as in learning from them if they were willing to share any insight, you know? So me coming with a very humble attitude that helped me like a lot gaining with them but um they didn't saw me mm -hmm, they saw my mm -hmm. color and they saw my heritage but at the same time they saw a person that at one point they were in that situation themselves so i was able to you know gain momentum it was in the last three years that i've seen of course that now i'm like you said you know um um I, I've been in the industry for a while, so there's new girls coming out every time. So, you know, bef yeah. before they call, they will call a new girl before they call me. True. And if they call me, it's because they like my performances. And this is even better because I like this better. They if they call if com companies call me, it's because they believe in my job, they believe in my work ethic, they believe in in my you know delivery mm -hmm. of the product that they want over you know a new girl that just came out that is so mm -hmm. popular that everybody wants to see fucked so that also that makes me feel really good about, about myself um uh, but yeah. the momentum that you know you get is not the same now 
from the beginning. So working with different companies, working with different performers, having your own production as your main, um, I can say, money maker, it, it makes you feel, in, it'll sound a little bit bad, but I, I don't know if this is the best word, but like it makes, it makes you feel like entitled that I don't care if, let's say, Trans Angels from now on just wants to shoot with white girls and they will not hire me because I'm not white. That's fine. I can recreate their story in my website and instead tell their fans to come check my website and that's it. I I wouldn't <laughs> care. Yes, I will lose, you know, a few fans here and there because I'm not in their side. But it's something that is not taking, you know, sleep away from me. It's something that I rather just rather do both. Mm -hmm. You know, I I rather perform for their fans so they can come to my website and enjoy my content. And vice versa, I send con um, drive mm. to them because I want my fans to enjoy their content too. It's building bridges. Well, and, and Chris, Chris, I mean, well, definitely tell me if this is how you sort of feel about uh, this, but that sounds, to me that sounds unique in that most of America, your color does matter, but you, you pretty much more or less just said that like, nah, they didn't particularly care about my color so much as they wanted what I would bring in my story and how I could, the color of my skin, I mean, like, um, how you could bring that, bring that story. And that's, that's not often, uh, the tale you hear here in the States. And that seems to stand out to me. I don't know if that stand, well, you know, stood out to you, Chris. Um, well, you know, um, I would say in a lot of professions, especially performance professions, you know, sports, movies, TV, whatever, entertainers, a lot of times, you know, uh, uh, your, your talent will trump the color of your skin. But, you know, at the end of the day and how people deal with you once the cameras turn off and, you know, how companies deal with you behind closed doors in terms of negotiating money and all that stuff. A lot of that still can be led by, oh, yes. you know, can be affected by the color of your skin. But I'm not saying, you know, that happened to you. I'm just saying, you know, I, I, I think, I think that, you guys that is something me. that is happening out there. But, I you know, you guys got it could one be, you know, thing. one of the exceptions. It's not that I didn't notice it or I didn't experience it. Yes, okay. I did okay. experience it with performers that they didn't want it to perform with me, even though I was the good thing, even though I was, you know, getting popular and I can bring, you know, revenue to their table and they're barely starting they didn't want it to work with me because either i'm transsexual mm -hmm. and they only work with certain performers or because i'm hispanic and they don't work with hispanics or because i was an escort and they don't work with performers that they were an escort so i've did i've dealt with the rejection if for one reason or another that basically when i was praised for my talent, for being transsexual, for being smart, for for m the inside of me, outside mm -hmm. my 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 color and the fact that I'm a transsexual, it, it was not visible to me. I was like, I can either look at the dark side that people are, you know, pick pointing, you know, who they want to work with and you're excluded just because of your skin color or because you're Hispanic or because I don't know if you have papers or not any of that stuff or you can focus on that or you can focus on these people are paying attention to me to these people i matter to these people my voice 
has a sound. Mm -hmm. I'm not muted. They actually care what I have to say. That's what I focus myself on. Did I experience it? Of course. Am I experiencing mm -hmm. it now, especially now with all these, um, you know, black lives, all lives, trans lives, um, Hispanic lives, all all this movement going on is like we all want to be heard but nobody it's like we all are yelling we want to be here the whites want to be heard the blacks want to be heard the trans wants to be heard but everyone is covering mm -hmm. their ears but everyone is screaming so nobody is listening if it makes sense that i have experienced it with so so much mm -hmm. that now i just focus no, on does. the positive you mm -hmm. want to work with me you want to be my friend you want to call collaborate with me where one hand washes the other okay let's do it together you don't you mm -hmm. want to be excluded you want to stay in a box okay perfect you stay on your box i won't bother you and out of sight out of mind do we experience it of course but is that the world that i want to live in the one where i focus mm -hmm. on all the negativity yeah. or the one where i focus on mm -hmm. the positivity and when negativity strikes my way i do something to remove it to either destroy the negativity or help the negativity become a positivity I mean okay. and, you I know I really wanted to ask you about the well, uh, I was, I was your just, thoughts on I was just say I'm sorry Eric I, well, well I was I was just I was just gonna say that seems like a really healthy way to live and uh, mm -hmm. Would probably it's help not my easy. blood pressure, it's but not I don't easy. know you that have I can to do suffer that. So, <laughs> so much, and I'm an empath. I believe in reincarnation and stuff like that. And you know, I was accused of human trafficking of a minor for a big, big case. I was facing 50 to 60 years in prison for something that I was innocent, and that I was always, you know honest about it. But because I was Jesse Dubai, the Hispanic transsexual woman, they wanted me to be the one that it was the head of it. No one else, just me. So I had to fight against, you know, the government, the mm -hmm. FBI, everyone to prove my innocence. Mm -hmm. and, and in the process, I discovered that I had an ability to speak with a higher source. I became an empath. I have this ability of... I don't want to say like telling the future, but I can hear messages type of thing that it has happened to me. Like I'll be talking with someone and suddenly I'll start hearing something. I'll ask who it is for, and then I'll be drive to that person. And without knowing that person at all, I'll start telling them like, okay, so this is going to sound weird. Um, this is happening. So, and so, and so, and someone's telling me to tell you this and this and this and this and this and this. And this. If it makes sense, please take care of it, blah, 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 blah. I'll tell the message. And every single time, I always hit on the nail. You know, it's kind of crazy. Mm. I don't do it as much because when I first started doing it, I was, like, taking advantage of it, I guess, and trying to help the world, trying to, like, you know, have mm. a disability or this gift, as I saw, I tried to, like, help as many as I could. But I started, like, you know, losing the the meaning and the purpose of why I was doing it that now I only do it when someone is in really deep pain when someone is in really deep mm. you know that needs to hear this that needs to hear this message from whatever it is and the beautiful thing is that I never know the persons it's not like I investigate the people or I know who it is it just happens so randomly by me doing that and basically feeling other people's pain has helped me understand that other people had it harder than me. So I can only just be blessed and thanked 
for everything that I have. And every time something dark comes my way, I will deal it with it. I will deal with it when it strikes. Not before. I will fight that dragon once I get to that bridge. But in the meantime, I'm going to enjoy the road. I'm going to smell the flowers. Because I don't know if I'm going to survive my next battle. Whichever battle it is. Whether it's an STD. Whether it's losing a job. Whether it's coronavirus. Mm. I can't, whether it's the discrimination. I can't let that stop me. All I can do is just make myself and my world better. Mm. And hopefully making my mm -hmm. world better will help other worlds become a better world. If it makes sense. Mm-hmm. Okay. No, I hear you. I pick it up with your laying down. Yeah, I, I finally, yeah. I finally yeah. came around. All right, we got, we got it. <laughs> Sorry about here. that. <laughs> you, now. You, like, you lost him yeah, for a minute, but that's all right. <laughs> well, you usually yeah, got because you know I really wanted to ask about like you know, uh, you know, Black Lives Matter I support and the protests them. and all the stuff that's happening out I said, there right I now. I supported and, you know, I've been doing I'm, when huh? Black Lives Movement started. I started doing collections. For my OnlyFans mm -hmm. and um, um, doubling whatever they donated for the certain time of peri period, I donated my stimulus check to a. I don't want to talk more about it because I don't want to brag about it. It's not bragging, but it's things that I just felt like gotta, I didn't need that money at that too. moment because thank God my business is working. And since they're already going to deduct that money from my, mm -hmm. you know, taxes next year, I wanted to do something positive with it. So I donated to um, a family that needed to pay for their rent. And I, in the process, I came up with the idea of collecting mm -hmm. money to help families that are being affected, especially um, black families that I have many friends that are struggling right now and they refer me to other people that need more help. All people of color are being oppressed right now, so it's all good. Yeah. You know, black, brown, everybody getting it from, from, the, from the system, from police. It's, it's a mess out there. From those goddamn white people. I appreciate your thoughts on that. I just really wanted to you know, really, because I noted in our last show that a lot of the women out there on their social media have been really uh, vocal about their support for Black Lives Matter. And they've been putting it on their uh, Instagram profiles and in their usernames now. And it's just like, I was very surprised because I really thought a lot of those girls didn't give a fuck about Black Lives at all. And I felt like they were living in a bubble. And I was proven wrong by a lot of those you know, women. Um, I think this was proven wrong. Jesse. But you know, this reminds me of something. Uh, I think this was something you put out on Twitter, Jesse. I think it was you. It was somebody. One of the girls was uh, uh, talking, <laughs> was remarking about how all the young up and coming girls on Twitter always put like top 1% on their like profile names on Twitter. And it's like, oh yeah, I'm, I'm, nobody knows me, but I'm top. 0.3% or I'm top 9%. Yeah. You know what like, I think well, it's it funny about I'm that? Money. I mean, like, I don't know. <laughs> fuck you talking about? So when I first started OnlyFans, let's say uh -huh. I was making, I don't know, $1,000 a month. I was in the top 3%. Mm -hmm. 
of all creators. Mm -hmm. So I was like, oh my God, I'm top 3%, blah, 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 making a thousand dollars a month, blah, blah, blah. Now I'm making, I mean, mm -hmm. I'm making good enough money to like, you know, I'm making over like 30,000 a month. Um, and I'm like at 65% of all creators. I'm like, what, what the fuck? What? I swear. What? I'm like, what? <laughs> what? No way. Not I at 30. Swear. I swear. Not at 30 grand I mean, a month. Are you I mean, kidding me? That's course, my yearly take Sometimes it's more, sometimes it's less, depending if I, like, for example, okay, when I do, when I've done the donations and collections, mm -hmm. um, I, of course, I get a lot of money because all the collections are coming from my instant fans that are like donating 100 or 50, but all that money gets transferred and put, gets put into a check where I can actually go to the IRS and be like, don't tax me for this money because I donated this money for this amount, you know, but I I've noticed that that okay my sales will in a month mm -hmm. jump to like I don't know 30 to 35,000 dollars you know that month and I'm still on 63 percent uh you know popular uh, popularity I'm like how is that why is it that when I was making like a thousand dollars a few years ago I was top three that's yeah that's I mean 30 30 that's yeah that's I mean, 30 is a huge, a huge month. But Chris, I, I think there was more to your question than just that. Yeah, it's odd. No, no, that was it. I just oh. saw the, uh, I just saw that. And I'm just like, ain't that some, like, how, how does she make more money now that she lower on the, on the rating? It's well, I think it's because it's gotten so popular. I mean, it's, it's gotten full of those. Full of those, full of those young girls. Um, I mean, it's, it's the young girls that are making the money, isn't it? The new like, young girls example, or whatever. Me, or... I'm making money like, because I mean, I have content, and a lot of my content gets like you know leaked, and it's on all over the websites. But the thing that my fans get that they don't get in other sites. Um, outside is that they get to interact with me they get to ask me for videos they get to literally get to talk with me so that makes me feel good because they're there for me it's not like you know they're there mm -hmm. i'm sharing a profile with other 10 20 girls it's just me just simply me and i love that some girls will start making money even doesn't matter how pretty you are if you have a good fan base that wants to see you they will subscribe to you but if you are all cute but you don't have a like social presence you never had a facebook and suddenly you want to make money off of internet it's not gonna work it's gonna take time because you need to put yourself out there uh i get these girls putting like oh i'm three percent four percent i it's a i mean it was a good incentive for me i wanted to stay at three percent four percent now that i'm making the money that i'm making i'm like Bitch, put me at a thousand percent. That means that there's more money to be made. Uh, there's more incentive for me. <laughs> you know, maybe that's how, how they do it. But yeah. I want to be making yeah, a thousand a, a month. I know there's some girls that are making a thousand <laughs> or like at least a hundred. I mean, a hundred uh, K a month for sure. Jesus. Oh, damn. Yeah, so it is more, it's a more lucrative Well, it is like getting your personal website. Your it is just like having your personal website. But like, you have your person, think about it this way. I have a personal yeah. website. And on my personal website, I have to do the marketing. I have to do the, uh -huh. um, 
banners. I have to do all the job. But yes, yeah. all the money is for me. It's not that profitable. I do have some really like a hundred and something fans, but it's not like only fans that I have almost three thousand followers. You know. So now imagine like and I'm like there's girls that are charging twenty. Mm-hmm. I've heard this mm-hmm. from other fans that there's girls are ch- uh, even charging like a hundred dollars for membership and they only have like five videos or ten videos. There's girls that are ch- like me that were charging twenty dollars or nineteen ninety nine at the beginning, and I was making like one thousand dollars, you know, a month or so. Now that I'm mm-hmm. charging six ninety nine, um for the membership um i have almost three thousand followers it's about micro purchases when you see a purchase of netflix for 14.99 and you haven't used it in a while you're like fuck i'm not gonna pay that but if you see a Mm 3.99 charge 6.99 you'll be like eh i'll jerk off to her tomorrow or in the next few days i'll just keep it there you know yeah well yeah it's 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 about being economically available. <laughs> yeah well yeah it's 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 <laughs> about knows, being economically available because money, lord knows like like, i can't be, spend a whole lot of money on shit exactly. like that it's like i gotta be smart economically i'm surprised um, about guys that do spend the hundreds but uh so those are called rich people yeah, yeah, they're, but, uh, they're those one, are called rich got, people. Um, <laughs> but uh, one, we got we got one more question for you, Jesse, before we wrap up this excellent show. Um, which is, as as you know, as we've talked about, this show, you know, Trans Talk for Men, was built originally to speak out and talk to trans amorous men, help bring them out of the closet into the light, sort of teach them how to interact with trans women in both being an ally and in dating because a lot of these men are obviously looking to date trans women but they struggle or they're not really certain how to go about it so you know chris and i do our best uh week in week out to talk to these guys to give the advice from the guy's perspective but when we get women on here we like to ask them about their relationship advice and because you're a professional because you've seen so many different aspects of life we would like to ask you what advice can you give to trans amorous men men who are sincerely looking to be in relationship with a relationship with a trans woman or um you know improve their status as an ally be a better ally be a better partner that kind of thing what what advice can you give make it public you know or not i'm not saying make it public like you have to post it on the news but if you know one of your friends is getting abused or, or you see a trans being abused speak about it stop it do something about it don't say you know i'm an ally just because you have a black friend or just because you have a trans friend no being an ally means you're willing to fight with us next to us the way we're willing to fight for you you know that's what an ally is for me uh with that said it's about Mm. relationship um if you want to be with someone just the way your mother is going to judge your girlfriend for being a genetic woman your mother's gonna judge your trans girlfriend for being trans so get over it um make sure that if you're truly looking for a relationship with someone you're you're looking for a girl whether it's you know wherever you meet her dating sites in person a bar getting her out of the business many aspects of life 
that you're willing to bring this home this girl home that you're not going to just keep her in the shadows because basically that defeats the purpose we don't want that we mm -hmm. been in the shadows for so long we want to be known that the more men that accept that it's okay to date trans women the more acceptable it's going to be and it's not like you know that we're trying to implement our beliefs but i mean a man that is into transsexual women they're going to like transsexual women whether they keep it hidden or whether they let it out regardless why not just accept it so there's less hate so there is less shaming for it so there is less you know stigma about it it's just two people loving each other period it's no other different than you know remember that time in college when we got mm -hmm. so drunk and like you ate my pussy and i ate your pussy and it was like so crazy do you want to do it again you know because it's okay to be homosexual only if you're in college that's apparently what i've learned for the americans <laughs> that it's okay to be homosexual if it was that one time in college <laughs> no it's, it doesn't work that way for it's that's yeah, for the women oh wait for guys it's jujitsu training hey, yeah you can't <laughs> for for guys you, you can't, can't be, be gay ever for guys you can't be gay ever that's like that's yeah. the rule you, know, <laughs> you can't come you, back that's what that. i mean no. it's like exactly thank you for giving me that point why we make it okay acceptable for women but not we don't make it acceptable for men we already accept one thing i'm not saying that one is over the other but let's stop trying mm -hmm. to cover the sun with one finger it's impossible it's better to just appreciate it because we're not going anywhere it's not like it doesn't matter how bad the government wants to get rid of us we're still gonna be here we're not going anywhere so if you want to date a transsexual go for it um if you want mm -hmm. to start you know dating someone think about it if you want to be in a relationship first of all not just you know testing the waters and if you're testing the waters that's fine but just like you would do with a woman if you actually you know have word is you know what i'm not trying to date no one i just want to see how things go and we'll go from there that's great but if because i had this issue i had this guy that he was coming out and then he promised like oh i want to marry you with this and that and i believed it and then it turns out that, oh, no, I was just like, you were my first, so now I want to see how my second was, and how my third, and how my what? fifth, and sixth, and seventh, and eighth. And one year, like a few what? days ago, he just texted me. He's like, hey, how are you? I'm like, did you already finish the circle? Because you're calling me back. I'm like, no, sweetheart. This, this boat left a long time ago. So if you have wow. a girl that wants to date you, take it. Go for it. Take her out on dates. Treat her just like you would treat a woman. Period. And with that said, yes, we're crazy like women too. Yes. Oh, that 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 I know. I we know, but we can't say. It. Oh, that 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 I know. I we know, but we can't say it. I can because I'm engaged to a trans woman and I love her more than anything and I love her more than the world and I am going to marry this woman but good My fucking lord says the same thing. <laughs> somebody kill me um <laughs> he's like babe <laughs> like I love this chick so goddamn much but I'm also like you're crazy would be if all women were the same where would the excitement be there, there, no, no I couldn't do it. I, that's 
There, there, no, there's a reason I'm with you. Kind of excited, do we? Yes. Oh, I don't want crazy chick. I mean, oh. yeah, but the crazy sex I mean, the afterwards. Sex might be cool, but it's the sex after the crazy. See, I'm thinking when, oh, when I'm thinking about crazy, I'm thinking about chicks that are like key your car. No, 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 no. And show up at your job. No, 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 no. No, no, no. That is that is much too crazy. I think we're talking about freaky sex. I think I think Jesse and I are talking about a different crazy, a much healthier crazy. Talking about casual crazy. Oh, yeah, yeah talking about the, the a healthy, crazy that a healthy you, you crazy. guys are um, sitting watching the movie. And I don't have. She just looks at you. And she's like, "What are you thinking?" And what would happen if I were to ask you this question and you said this? Oh, we ask stupid questions like that. <laughs> well, see, okay, so that, that reminds me real quick. I got to tell a story, and I'm sure I've told it. On well, see, okay, so mm. that that reminds me real quick. I got to tell a story, and I'm sure I've told it on here before. But Jesse, I think you'll you'll get a kick out of it. I'll keep it real short. So. It's sort of it's sort of that kind of crazy, but it's it's more of a, a sexual energy crazy. So my girl and I uh, were trying to watch this horror movie, and we I think we tried to watch it four times, and every time at about the forty minute mark, we ended up having sex, and uh, for some reason we could not finish this movie. And I'm like, what is it about this movie that makes you so horny? She's like, I have no idea. Oh, and so uh, it's that sort of crazy that we like to live. I'm gonna with. make a bo- um, movie about it. That, that's, it's, it's it. <laughs> that's what it is. It's a it's a terrible. It was a terrible horror movie. That's uh, what it. But we would. That's what it. I've is. never. The movie was so bad. Was that? that the sex became the next best thing? Oh, that that could that could very well be. We tried to get through that thing four times. I have no idea. Oh, that could that could very well be. We tried to get through that thing four times. I have no idea what happens at the end. Um, yeah, I have no idea how that movie ends, and honestly, I kind of want to try to watch it again, but we're just going to have sex. Um, so... Before we wrap this up, we got to get this one story in the, in the podcast. Okay, okay. we heard it, the shit was funny as fuck to me. Jesse, you got to tell us the story again. Tell us how you got those infamous eyes tattooed on yourself. Tell the whole story. Let's go. I forgot all about it. start doing porn. So I figured I needed a tramp stamp because all good porn stars have a tramp stamp. It's like having an Oscar. Mm-hmm. We all have them. And I, I already had uh-huh. a sun and a moon in the back. So I wanted to put like boner garage. It was not going to work. So then I figured why not put like, you know, the some eyes <laughs> in my pelvis. Um, but I was thinking to put like, Pinocho face, you know, to like lie to me, lie to me. But then I was like, imagine me at 60 with that wrinkle face down there. Oh, and then Pinocho at 80. Oh, no. That will make just, I would just make fun of myself the rest of my life. Hell no. So then I was like, how am I going to put some cat eyes? You know, like, so when I'm wearing a swimming suit, all cute and sexy, of course, I was in my 20s. I'll be like, people will be like, what is that right there? I'll be like, you want to see my pussy? And then like pull that out and be like, I'm oh, just kidding. I have a dick. You know, just make some fun of it. Until I decided to do, until I saw a picture <laughs> that I really like of my eyes that I'm like, huh, I like this picture. I'm going to tattoo these eyes. And they did the, the drawing and stuff. And I was like, yeah, tattoo it on my L, on my abdomen. So they did. So now the joke is, doesn't matter what you do. Whether you're kissing me or sucking my dick, I will be watching 
It's both. I can't tell if that's supposed that's to be sexy or terrifying. That's the crazy that you're looking for. <laughs> it's like I don't know. Is this chick? It's, is this gonna oh chick like God. look me straight on the eye as she's that's some crazy shit right there? She loves it, or is she just looking me straight on the eye because I'm sucking her dick? I'm telling you, you're like you're like one of those pictures. The eyes are following me everywhere I go. Um, <laughs> that's that's awesome. Um, Thanks for telling that story. Yeah, because I know that I remember when you first told us that story. I knew I was so curious. Oh yeah, everybody asked me that question. Which tells me that there are many other guys that are like, what's the story? If I could make a list of ten questions, I mean, it's it's a great story. That would be like number one or number two. How big is your dick is number one? <laughs> How did you get your eye tattoo oh, is number good. two? Glad we're on the, on the chart. Oh, well, yeah. Well, yeah, that's that's always a popular question is how big is your dick, which is who the hell cares. But um, uh, not not who the hell cares in your thing, but we, we talk about dicks on the show and does size matter and blah, blah, blah. Anyway, besides well, the point. Um, no, no, answer it. Does it does size matter? I've had like Really we never get anybody on the show to answer that big one. dick that I couldn't even fit on my mouth. It was it was re it was a very hot fantasy. Like all the excitement and everything was like internal. If I can make it like it was on my mind, just feeling that big thing in my mouth. But I couldn't enjoy it because it was like very painful because it was a stretch in my mouth. And when it went inside my butt, it was like it was like I was playing with a 12 inch cock and I was being robbed of six inches because he had to like squeeze it now I've been with the guys that have a short kind of like a mushroom dick and boom do they make me scream so it just really depends on how good you you know how to you know rock it like if you have a good dick you better know how to use it and if you have right, a small dick that's what it's all about so let's make up for it oh yeah Oh, well, hey, so all I hear is uh, well, small dicks for the win. Well, the thing is like you're talking um. with a verse person. So when I'm with a verse person, it's like, if you have a small dick, it's fine. Motion Go play with it. Right? I'll let you fuck okay. me if you're a top, but I'm going to top you. I'm going to shred that ass in pieces. No. Yeah, I can tell you're a top. You're like, no. No. <laughs> but that's, that's me as a verse when I'm with a verse. When I'm with a top, it's like, no. Oh. Let's go crazy with what you're working. And there's so, I mean, yeah. Kama Sutra is a very hard <laughs> book. There's so many well, positions. Yeah. <laughs> well, hey, we gotta, we gotta wrap this one up because, well, uh, well, hey, we gotta we gotta wrap this one up so because uh, well, because it's getting to be that time. But uh, Jesse, before good, um, we had we had a great time with with you. But before you go, we want to give you a chance to promote yourself. That's your Instagram, Twitter, your OnlyFans, your website, anything course, you want to well, promote you right know, now. Uh, the floor and the mic is yours. Find me at jessiedubaiparty.com, which is my official website where all my websites are there. Um, also, there's been a a few posts being posted with fake ads of me they are not mine so if you don't see any of those sites on my official website jesse dubaiparty.com is not me my only fans is onlyfans.com slash tsjesse and my twitter is tsjesse where you guys can find all things dubai 
Thank you guys so much for hanging out. I had so much fun talking with you guys. Thank you for joining us, Jesse. It was a great conversation. Great talking to you. Oh, yeah. Well, thank you for joining us, Jesse. It was a great conversation. Great talking to you. Um, Chris, I don't have anything else to add other than this has been one hell of a great show and uh, loved talking to Jesse and, uh, of course, always hanging out with you. But you had anything else to add? No, man. It's one for the books. All righty. Well, then, we are going to wrap that up. Uh, As always, thank you guys so much for listening to Chance Talk. Men, I have been Eric. No, Chris. Yes, you were. (laughs) See you later. Have a good one, guys. Peace. Follow the Trans Talk for Men podcast on Instagram, Twitter, Facebook, and YouTube. We love talking to our fans. You can also reach us at trans at gmail.com.